Hey, podcast listeners, thanks for streaming today's podcast from Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory is a nonprofit ministry featuring the Bible teaching of Dr. Robert Jeffress. Our mission is to pierce the darkness with the light of God's Word through the most effective media available, like this podcast. To support Pathway to Victory, go to ptv.org podcast and click the donate button or follow the link in our show notes. Now, here's today's podcast from Pathway to Victory. Let God's Word direct your steps in the coming year with the brand new 2024 Daily Devotional from Pathway to Victory. This exquisite book, bound in forest green leather and inlaid with brown and gold foil, features over 530 pages of biblical inspiration from Dr. Robert Jeffress. That's a new devotional reading deeply rooted in God's Word for every Monday through Friday and through every season in the new year. Get a copy for yourself and request several more for your family and friends when you go to ptv.org. This is Robert Jeffress. In response to the horrific attack on Israel, I've written a brand new book called Are We Living in the End Times? Go to ptv.org to order your copy. What if your doctor were to tell you that you only had six months left to live? Would you have any regrets in your life? Today, we're going to begin this series by looking at three foundational assumptions to living a regret-free life. Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor, Dr. Robert Jeffress. And by the way, Happy New Year to you. You know, regret is one of life's most painful emotions, but no matter how bad choices haunt your past, you can claim God's forgiveness and leave the baggage behind. Today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress shares biblical principles for dealing with regrets from the past and preventing regrets in the future. Now, here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. Dr. Jeffress? Happy New Year, David, and Happy New Year to all of our Pathway to Victory friends. You have chosen the perfect day to join us because we're beginning a brand new teaching series today. Yesterday, we said goodbye to 2023, and this morning, you greeted a brand new year. You see, January 1st represents a fresh start, a clean slate. And that's a beautiful thing because some are lugging a measure of regret into the new year. Many of us are living with disappointment. We feel sorry for mistakes we've made. We feel bad about opportunities we may have missed. It's like we're living in a constant state of if only. Well, in this brand new series and in my book by the same title, Say Goodbye to Regret, we're going to talk about putting those would-have, should-have regrets behind us. Again, I titled the new series, Say Goodbye to Regret. And over the next two weeks or so, we'll talk about issues like saying goodbye to parenting regrets, to financial regrets, and even to sexual regrets. Truly, this may be the most practical series we've ever presented on Pathway to Victory. It touches on some of the most personal and intimate issues of our lives. And if you're prepared to say goodbye to regret and move on as God intended, then you'll benefit from my new book. I'm going to send you a copy when you give a generous gift to support the growing ministry of Pathway to Victory. We'll say more about my book later in the program, but right now, let's open our Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. I titled today's opening study, Say Goodbye to Regret. Tuesday, October the 3rd, 1995, is a day I will never forget. As millions of Americans sat glued to their television set, Awaiting the verdict in the O.J. Simpson murder trial, 
I sat by my telephone awaiting a different kind of verdict. 24 hours before that, a dermatologist had removed a piece of skin from my face that looked suspicious. He wanted to biopsy it. And the next 24 hours were very uncomfortable for me. Uh, Because of my family's history with cancer, I immediately expected the worst. I remember a sleepless night in which I played out different scenarios. But I also spent the evening reviewing some of the regrets in my life. I thought about Saturdays that I had spent at the office polishing an already adequately prepared sermon instead of being at home with my two little girls. Not every Saturday, but some Saturdays. I thought about some of the hurtful words I had spoken to people who mean the most to me. I thought about time I had wasted that I could have spent strengthening my relationship with God. The next day, shortly after noon, you may remember, O.J. Simpson heard the words of the jury foreman announcing the trial's verdict, not guilty. Do you remember those pictures of O.J., the relief he showed when he heard those words, not guilty? There were no cameras recording my expression when I got a telephone call a few minutes after that telling me that that suspicious piece of skin was just discolored skin. It was nothing. Man, was I happy. Much more than OJ, I think. But my elation over my so-called acquittal was tempered by the fact that, statistically speaking, one day I would hear a different verdict. One day, I would learn probably I was going to die. How would I face that news then? How will you face that news? What if your doctor were to tell you that you only had six months left to live? Would you have any regrets in your life? As you thought about your marriage, for example, would you know that you're leaving behind a spouse whose memories of you were filled with affection and joy? What about your children? Would your children be able to say that they were a priority in your life? As you think about your vocation, would you be able to look back and say, I had a fulfilling job that made a significant contribution? As you looked over your ministry, would you be able to identify people who are going to be in heaven directly because of your influence and your witness? And what about your relationship with God? If you knew you were going to die soon and meet your maker, would you be filled with joy or absolute fear? The poet was correct when he said, of all the sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these, it might have been. I'm not afraid of dying, I'm really not. But I am afraid of approaching death with a long list of if onlys. Maybe you fear that as well. And so today we are going to begin a brand new series entitled Say Goodbye to Regret. And let me say up front, this is not a series about dying. It's a series about living. But if we want to die well, we need to live well. There's an inseparable link between the two. Dr. Nelson Bell, the father-in-law of the late Billy Graham said, only those who are prepared to die are really prepared to live. In this series, we're going to identify eight resolves we have to make 
if we're going to live a life that is without regrets, without life's if-onlys. But before we look at those eight resolves that cover every area of our life, today we're going to begin this series by looking at three foundational assumptions to living a regret-free life. I want you to write them down. First of all, the certainty of death. The certainty of death. The fact is we are all going to die. Has that realization sunk into your consciousness yet? We are all going to die. Yeah, we can do things like watch our diet and exercise and go to the doctor. Those are important things, but they're only postponing the inevitable. Hebrews 9.27 says, it's appointed unto every one of us once to die and then the judgment. We are all going to die. Solomon said it this way in Ecclesiastes 9 verse 2, it is the same for all. There is one fate for the righteous and one for the wicked, for the good, for the clean, and for the unclean, for the man who offers a sacrifice and for the one who does not sacrifice. As the good man is, so is the sinner. As the swearer is, so is the one who is afraid to swear. We all face the same fate. Doesn't matter whether you're a Christian, a non-Christian, a Jew, Gentile, doesn't matter anything about your beliefs, you're going to die. That's the fate we all face. Now, fortunately, we have the same fate, but we don't have the same destiny. There are two different destinies after we die. There's a heaven for those who know Christ as Savior. There's a hell for those who reject or neglect Christ. But nobody is going to escape death. And if we're going to face our final hour of life without any regrets, we first of all have to acknowledge there is a final hour coming. We are going to die, the certainty of death. There's a second reality assumption that we have to embrace to live a regret-free life, and that is the reality of regret. Not only the certainty of death, but the reality of regret. I had two motivations in doing this series, Say Goodbye to Regrets. One was a personal experience I had with my dad. You've heard me talk about my father before. He was successful in his career. He was a great Christian. He was instrumental in leading my mom and all of us, his children, to faith in Christ. When he was 64 years old, he got news that he had pancreatic cancer and had four months to live. I wish I could say those were a good four months in his life. They weren't. I listened to him as he lamented the regrets he had in his life, regrets about career opportunities he didn't maximize, regrets about relationships that he didn't nurture, regrets about ministry opportunities he didn't take advantage of. And I thought how sad for somebody who's lived a good life to end their life with a long list of regrets. But you know, regrets aren't reserved for the dying for the living as well. And that's my second motivation for this series. I've seen so many Christians who are weighed down by regrets. Sometimes it's a milestone event that triggers those regrets to the forefront of their consciousness. A child's graduation from high school, the parent thinks, if only I'd spent more time with my child, I wouldn't miss them so much as they're about to leave. Maybe a termination from a job, if only I had 
expended more effort in this job, I wouldn't have lost it. In Hebrews 12, 1, the writer says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. If you're a runner and you want to do well in a race, you try to travel as lightly as possible, so you take off any unnecessary weight. Now, what are the weights for a Christian? Well, he said there's certainly sin. We all know what that is. Nothing will trip you up in your Christian life any more than sin, but apparently there are other kind of weights that aren't necessarily sins. And I think one of the heaviest weights other than sin is regret. Regret, if only, if only, if only. The writer here says we've got to get rid of those regrets. How do you do that? How do you get rid of regrets? Just imagine you're driving along and you see on your dashboard a little indicator light pops on, says check engine now. Now how do you respond to that warning light? Well, one thing you can do is take a hammer and beat the living daylights out of the dashboard and you will extinguish that light. You'll be successful in doing that. But the light isn't the problem, is it? The light is an indicator of a problem that needs to be fixed. And it's the same way with regret. People say, well, I'm just going to extinguish my regrets. I'm going to refuse to think about them, get rid of them. That's not the problem. Regrets are not the problem in and of themselves. They are an indicator of a problem that needs to be dealt with. And that's why the writer of Hebrews says we need to get rid of our regrets by dealing with our regrets. And in this series, we're going to talk about how to deal positively with regrets. Now, one other word about the reality of regrets. The only thing worse than spending your life filled with regrets is spending eternity filled with regrets. Do you know there's some people in hell and heaven who will have regrets for all eternity? Let's talk about unbelievers first of all. They will live a lifetime, an eternity of regrets. Remember the story Jesus told in Luke 16 about the two men who died? One was a poor man named Lazarus, and he went to heaven, not because he was poor, but because of his faith in God. The rich man went to Hades, not because he was wealthy, but because he neglected God. And listen to what Jesus said about the rich man in Luke 16, 23. And in Hades, that is hell, he, the rich man, lifted up his eyes, being in torment. And he saw Abraham afar away, and Lazarus in his bosom. And the rich man cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus so that he may tip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue, for I am in agony in this flame. By the way, Jesus taught there is a real hell. And it's filled with people who will suffer real, literal, physical pain in hell. It is a place of torment. But you know what the most painful thing about hell is going to be? It's going to be our remembrance of our life on earth. Because as you read through this account, Abraham says, I can't help you. He said, remember, rich man, while you were alive, that word remember, while you were still alive, you had plenty of opportunities to hear the message and repent. 
I think that's going to be the most painful part of hell for unbelievers. They will remember this didn't have to happen. They will remember all of the sermons they listened to, all of the personal witnessing they were subject to when they had an opportunity to trust in Christ but never did. That is true hell, an eternity of regrets. But it's not only unbelievers, there are some Christians who are going to experience a measure of regret in heaven. Where do I find that? In 2 Corinthians 5.10, Paul says, for we, that is talking about Christians, must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one of us may be recompensed for his deeds in the body, whether they be good or worthless. We've talked about this many times. There is a judgment for Christians It's not the same judgment as for unbelievers. It's called the Bema, the judgment seat of Christ. It's not a judgment to determine whether we go to heaven or hell. That's determined in this life. This is a judgment of rewards. In 1 Corinthians 3, Paul describes the basis and the result of that reward. In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 13, Paul writes, each man's work will become evident for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire, and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built upon it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire." God's going to judge our works after we become a Christian. Have we invested in those things which are eternal? We receive a reward, a commendation, or have we frittered our life away in things that make no difference at all? Then we will what? He said, each man will suffer loss. Will you underline that in verse 15? Christians will experience real tangible loss. They will feel that loss as they look at the rewards that could have been theirs had they been more faithful to Jesus Christ in this life. Now, I know that goes against the grain of thinking of so many people. They say, having regrets in heaven? Pastor, that sounds more like hell than it does heaven. But isn't that what the passage say? We will experience loss. You may legitimately ask, how can I be overjoyed in heaven, be filled with joy, and have regret at the same time? Isn't that impossible? Not at all. You can be grateful and regretful at the same time. You can experience joy and regret in the same instance. I use this illustration often. Just imagine your insurance agent tells you that you need to update your insurance policy on your house. And you think, oh, maybe he's just trying to earn a higher premium, and maybe I'll think about it later, but no need to rush into that. One night, you're awakened by the smell of smoke in your house. You realize your house is on fire. So you grab your mate, hopefully, and you go get your children, and you grab your most priceless possessions, and you crash through the front window to save your lives, and you're standing on the lawn looking at your house going up in flames. Now, what's going to be your emotion at that moment? Certainly, you're going to be grateful, joyful, that you escape the flames. But do you think there'll be a little bit of regret there as well? As you wish you had listened to that insurance agent? Joy and regret can coexist. And it's gonna be that way in heaven. 
every Christian in heaven will rejoice with eternal gratitude to God for escaping the flames of hell. But at the same time, there will be regret as Christians realize what could have been theirs if only they had been more faithful in their service to Jesus Christ. Now, we've talked about the certainty of death and the reality of regret, and you may think this is the most depressing sermon I've ever heard. So let me remind you of the third assumption, and that is the possibility of change. The possibility of change. In my book, Say Goodbye to Regret, I tell the true story of Alfred Nobel. You may remember Alfred Nobel. He was a Swedish chemist who invented dynamite. And he earned a fortune licensing that discovery to other countries to help them blow people up more quickly and effectively. He earned a fortune. One day, Alfred Nobel's brother passed away, but the newspaper made a mistake. Instead of printing his brother's obituary, <laughs> they printed Alfred Nobel's obituary. And Alfred had the ability to do something most people will never get the opportunity to do. He was able to read his own obituary in the newspaper. He was able to see what he would be remembered for. And guess what it centered on? His discovery of dynamite. He was called the merchant of death in his obituary. Alfred Nobel decided right then that's not how he wanted to be remembered. So he decided to spend the rest of his life and most of his fortune establishing those prizes that encourage humanitarian achievements in all the different areas of life, the Nobel Prizes. We talk about the Nobel Peace Prize. That all came about by Alfred Nobel. Today, most people have no idea that Alfred Nobel was the inventor of dynamite but they remember him for what he did to encourage humanitarian accomplishments. Now, the truth is most of us will never achieve the fortune or the fame of Alfred Nobel, but we all have the ability to change our lives right now, to change the focus of our life. As you look over your life up to this point, as you look back, are there regrets that you have about your marriage? about your parenting, about your relationship with God? If so, I have some good news and some bad news for you. The bad news is you can't do things over again. Life has no do-overs. You can't change your past. There is no rewind button on life. That's the bad news. But the good news is you can make decisions today of change. You can make decisions today that will reshape your tomorrow and your eternity. Paul said in Philippians 3, this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching for what lies ahead of me, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We are setting the stage for a promising study together. I've called this brand new series, Say Goodbye to Regret, and it's the perfect topic as we step into a fresh new year. So, are you ready to forget your disappointments and to press on? 
At Pathway to Victory, we make every effort to equip you with the tools to do so. Please reach out to us today and request your copy of my book. It's called Say Goodbye to Regret. Now, this isn't a pamphlet. It's more than 200 pages in length, and it's the perfect choice for your private quiet times or to read with friends in a group setting. Let me send you a copy of Say Goodbye to Regret to your home right away. It's yours when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory. In closing, I want to express my personal thanks to all of those who gave generously in December. We are deeply grateful for the outpouring of support. We couldn't provide these daily visits without your partnership. Did you know that Pathway to Victory has a simple process for automating your gifts? It's far more convenient than manually writing out a check, addressing an envelope, and finding a postage stamp. To become a monthly giver, we call them Pathway Partners. Just follow the simple instructions at ptv.org. All to say, we deeply appreciate your generosity to Pathway to Victory. Together, we are piercing the darkness with the light of God's Word. David? Thanks, Dr. Jeffress. Today, when you give a generous gift to support Pathway to Victory, we'll say thanks by sending you Dr. Jeffress's best-selling book, Say Goodbye to Regret. Plus, if you opt to make your gift a monthly donation, your generosity will have 12 times the impact over the course of one year, and you'll be helping us to get one step closer to our goal of 1,200 Pathway Partners for the month of January. To request resources or become a Pathway Partner, call us toll-free, 866-999-2965, or visit ptv.org. Now, when you give $75 or more, we'll also send you the brand-new Say Goodbye to Regret teaching series. One more time, call 866-999-2965, or online, go to ptv.org. You could also send your donation by mail, write to P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. Again, that's P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. I'm David J. Mullins, wishing you a happy new year and inviting you back on Tuesday for more Bible teaching on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas. You made it to the end of today's podcast from Pathway to Victory, and we're so glad you're here. Pathway to Victory relies on the generosity of loyal listeners like you to make this podcast possible. One of the most impactful ways you can give is by becoming a Pathway Partner. Your monthly gift will empower Pathway to Victory to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and help others become rooted more firmly in His Word. To become a Pathway Partner, go to ptv.org podcast and click on the Donate button or follow the link in our show notes. We hope you've been blessed by today's podcast from Pathway to Victory.